Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at Pod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this project in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also support me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you are feeling extra generous. Howdy, y'all. Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal, Massachusetts, or Grassachusetts, the heartland of America. Um, so today we're going to try another call-in show. Um, as I've been saying, my, my, um, my schedule is going to change a whole lot, um, very, very quickly. Because of that, um, I don't know what the guarantee of, of, of episodes are going to be. So, howdy y'all, Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal Grassachusetts, the heartland of America. And today we're going to be doing um, a number of different things. Um, right now we're doing a, if you're joining us for the first time, we're doing another streaming show. We're doing another live um, call-in show where y'all can sort of call in and, you know, let 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 it all hang out you know you can call me at the um my skype number will be available will be freely available for anyone who wants to call to call and um yeah so we're, we're doing the streaming we're doing a live call and show um the way this works um this is again like the title says we're in beta so i'm we're dead serious about us being in beta this is you know we're just trying this out for the first time so we don't know how it's gonna work we don't know um what the format or what future permutations of the program will look like but um how we handled it the first show was um we just read stories and um if we got calls if we left we left the call-in number available for people to, to call if they wanted to call so we're gonna do much of the same right now where that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna have to do um so yeah we're gonna we're, we'll do stories and if we get calls we'll we'll stop the story and we'll do the call so bear with me one moment while i get my skype up and running so the calls work bear with one moment all right yeah my skype is up and running you know windows was being a little janky for a second but um it happens all right so i might break these into future ep episodes or into later episodes i think this i think we're gonna do this format a, a little bit more I think this is going to be sort of friendlier to my schedule. Like if I just 
have one day where I, I do a bunch of stories and then I, I make them into episodes, you know, while I'm having the schedule change and while, you know, I'm doing stuff to try to help my career and try to help my money making prospects, you know, maybe I can just do one day where I do like two hours of stories and then I break up the stories, you know, within that day or two and then just, you know, the rest of the days of the week or whatever, the rest of the, you know, if I'm just doing episodes or I just do marathon, I do one marathon episode or one call-in episode, um, I do one of those and then I break that episode up and I break those segments up throughout the week, you know, I could still sort of keep in line with what you all are used to. But again, um, I, like I've been saying, um, you know, work and larger adult priorities have been taking up some of my mental energy. So, um, so we're just going to do stories. Um, again, to call into the show is the phone number is 617-819-5074. Don't be scared. Um, I don't bite. So again, that phone number is 617-819-5074. All right. So the first story is about Austin, Texas. And um, I have heard some like follow-ups to this. that Like the Austin police are still going to arrest people, even though the city council says that we're not going to, you shouldn't do it anymore. They're still going to do it. And again, this dovetails to why I think, why I, I get annoyed by the libertarian the state's rights people states can be hotbeds of tyranny i'm sorry you know um you you see places like alabama and, and missouri and all, all these other states that are regulating abortion out of existence or doing heartbeat laws or whatever when you give the states too much autonomy you know they're just going to abuse it and and, and deny people rights out of the out of the excuse of oh this is the state's culture if you don't like it leave you know that there's a lot of that mentality in this country which I find very toxic. No, I do believe that there needs to be a stronger federal government. And I mean, I don't want this federal government abusing, you know, our, our, our 10 constant, our 10, our bill of rights. I'm not saying the, I'm not saying that this federal government should be doing that, but you need a federal government to enforce national laws. Certain things should be a law, should be law of the land, no matter what place you're in, no matter what state, state or, or municipality you are. It shouldn't be dependent on, oh, well, well, my parents, my parents fucked and had sex in 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 uh, um, Georgia or whatever, and I and I I spent my life going, I spent my life in Georgia. Um, yeah, I mean, as an adult, you can move move to a different state than your parents settled. Yeah, you could technically do that, but with the rising cost of everything, that's that's a tricky proposition for a lot of folks, and it's a very dismissive proposition. And again, that's why I believe there needs to be federal legalization. Um, um, there needs to be highway funding deducted and docked if you do not legalize cannabis and you do not expunge records, you do not allow reciprocity, you do not allow people to use it um, off the clock. None of this, oh, workplace safety garbage. People can drink alcohol off the clock and still have that quote unquote safety intensive job. So I'm not, I'm not buying that thing about, oh, we have to think about the corporations. What about the corporation? What about safety? What did, okay. I mean, obviously we don't want pilots or whatever on anything, not even fucking, not even flipping tight. Tylenol. 
we don't want pilots on that. We agree. But um, but the way that right wingers and 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 opponent and um, proponents of tyranny will phrase it will be like, oh, well, we have to think of we have to think of the corporations. Is it fair to force a corporation to accommodate cannabis use? You have all these bootlickers in this country that will say that. But I don't agree with that sort of mindset. But again, let's read the article. This is from of, of, from the good old boys of marijuana moment. Austin City Council approves measure to end most marijuana arrests. The decision to back away from pursuing criminal charges against people with small amounts of marijuana prosecution into through the small amounts of pot came after the state lawmakers last year legalized hemp in a way that threw marijuana prosecution into chaos. Um, bear with me one moment. I'm going to going to do something really really quick so i'm going to put this here put this here bear with me one moment austin city council approved resolution thursday that will largely end arrest and fines for low-level marijuana possession this comes after texas legalized hemp last june threw away marijuana prosecution into chaos since the plant looks and smell identical the resolution directing austin police to, to not spend resources on newly necessary lab tests to distinguish marijuana from now legal hemp passed unanimously with nine votes. Council member Jimmy Flanagan and Mayor Steve Elder were absent. Debate on the measure lasted under an hour and a half. Of about 20 people who spoke on the resolution, only Austin Police Association President Ken Caste was against it. And that's predictable because these pigs are not going to have an easy revenue source to shake down black and brown people of color for 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 marijuana to, or to throw them in jail and to, you know, meet their quotas. Of course, they're not going to get more overtime. They're going to lose out on overtime. Of course, these pigs are not going to make money. And that's why, again, if if... if if Dan Scotland was president, I wouldn't allow cops to um, own a dispensary. Um, I would, I just wouldn't allow it. I mean, they can be this, they can be bud tenders if they want. They can be growers or cultivators or whatever. But to actually own a dispensary and make and to make money off it twice when you're putting people in jail for it. I, I can't get on board with that. I'm not against cops working at a dispensary. Or, like I said, as bud tenders, as growers, as, you know, packagers and processors. I don't care. That's fine. But you don't get to own a flipping dispensary and, and make money off it a second time. I'm sorry. You don't get to do that. You don't get to own something that you are putting people in jail for. Sorry. I don't care if this pisses off people who are cops or people who have relatives that are cops. I don't care. These people made a made a a career out of putting people in jail for a plant. They should be the last ones that get to be in this industry. The council's resolution states that it stems directly from the Texas law, new law legalizing hemp. Last summer, following a federal hemp bill, state lawmakers approved a measure to create an agricultural industry for the crop in Texas. But the law also complicated marijuana prosecutions by narrowing the legal definition of the drug of cannabis to that which contains more than 0.3% THC the psychoactive ingredient in the plant. All of a sudden, some district attorneys were dropping hundreds of low-level possession cases and not accepting new ones, arguing that they could tell without lab testing if something was was marijuana anymore. New misdemeanor cases filed by Texas prosecutors have dropped by more than half, 
and numerous Texas prosecutors, including those Austin, Travis County, require police to submit lab reports on their, on a substance THC concentration before they will pursue misdemeanor marijuana charges. They argue that circumstantial circumstance, circumstantial evidence like smell can no longer be used to authoritatively say something is marijuana. Part of what prompted Austin's resolution, which prohibits spending city funds on such testing except felony cases, is the public state labs are still working on establishing a way to test for THC concentration. Right now, they can only tell if something is cannabis. For some counties and cities, that me- meant putting more money into sh- ship seize cannabis to private labs can tell if it's hemp or marijuana even in places where police don't have or aren't spending funds on testing and new cases aren't being accepted by prosecutors people are still being cited and arrested i wonder who those are frustrating and really even in places where police don't have this there aren't spending funds on new testing and new cases aren't being accepted by prosecutors people are still being cited and arrested they are sometimes taken to jail but then released with no charges being pursued. Austin police said this month that they still they that they still cite or arrest people who are suspected of possessing marijuana. The resolution changes that directing the city to get to get as close as possible to eliminating enforcement action for low-level cannabis possess. The measure prohibits spending city funds on testing new low-level possession cases and directs police not to arrest and cite people in such cases unless there's a safety concern. If they know the district attorney will automatically reject the charges or testing won't be approved, it clarifies that lab testing can only be used for suspected felonies or when the cannabis is not for personal use like trafficking cases. A revised version also specifies that the measure will not affect toxicology toxicology testing. End of article. All right. Um, so we finished our first story. Um, again, our, our call in is 617-819-5074. Don't be afraid to be a stranger. Don't be afraid to call. Um, we can, we can chat it up. We can talk up some game about cannabis, about other stuff, and we can brainstorm towards a better, um, future where it's accessible for our regular Janes and Joes. So, all right. So, um, next story on the docket. All right. So Virginia lawmakers approve marijuana decriminalization bill. Virginia senators have advanced a bill to decriminalize marijuana in the state on Thursday, voting in favor of a measure to remove the threat of incarceration for simple possession. The Senate Judiciary Criminal Law Subcommittee passed the legislation in a voice vote. The panel also took several bills concerning expungements, as well as a separate decriminalization proposal that was adopted into the approved cannabis measure. The subcommittee action came in spite of opposition from the state chapter ACLU, which complained that the reform move doesn't go far enough and said that it would prefer the status that it would prefer the status quo of pro- prohibition until comprehensive comprehensive legislation is accomplished. I don't agree with that ACLU chapter. Um, I mean, there's still going to be a lot of harm, and we we've seen even in deep with decrim in places like New York City or New York State, most ninety or eighty or some percent of the people that get charges, even though it's decriminalized, are are, are black and, and Latino people. But 
the status quo in Virginia is cannabis is a felony if you have it. So this is, this is still an improvement. I'm not going to say throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I would say that people should push for legalization bills right now while there's unification, while there's unified control of the um, Virginia legislature. I do agree with that. Um I do agree that you should push for everything. Um, in our previous brainstorming session episodes about Virginia, we talked about what an ideal program would entail and um, what what an ideal medical program would entail. Um, I mean, you guys should fight for an ideal medical marijuana program and you guys should try to fight for adult use. The, the attorney general wants to look into adult use. Um, I don't see why they can't. I don't see why the Virginia delegates and the Virginia senators can't just put forth a grow possessing gift bill and see what the heck Northam does with it. I, I posted this on the Virginia subreddit and I got like 14 upvotes for saying that. So people in Virginia want this want full legalization to be attempted. Um, it's safe to say. I mean, you know, put it put it in front of Northam. See what the heck he does. Like like you have none to lose right now. You have unified control do it do it go go all the way if you can but i'm I'm going to reject the premise that we should reject this because it's not going to go far enough i don't agree with that other reform advocates said that they share concerns about the limitations of sb2 but they are still in favor of advancing it with certain changes the bill would make certain possession simple possession a civil penalty punishable by maximum fine whereas current policy stipulates that a first offense is punishable by a maximum of 500 dollar fine in 30 days in jail this would raise this would also raise the possession threshold or what's considered considered intention to distribute from half ounce to one ounce and it would remove a separate definition of hashish from state law meaning that it would be treated the same as cannabis flower before approving the bill lawmakers remove its expungement language oh boy that is not good as the issue is already being tackled by other legislation that they advance. Okay, all right. It also reduced proposed penalties against juvenile offenders. The subcommittee agreed technically to technically integrate the separate decriminalization bill, which includes a tier fine scheme for first, second, and third offenses that are being dropped into SB2. Under the proposal that is advancing next to the full Senate Judiciary Committee, the $50 fine would be imposed regardless of the number of offenses. Normal, Virginia Normal, and Attorney General Mark Herring, Democrat office, testified in support of the bill. Today is a historic step in the right direction. Virginia Normal Executive Director Jen Michelle Pendy told the marijuana moment. Virginia marijuana laws have long lagged behind public opinion, and the legislature's newfound appetite for advancing such a measure is a welcome change. Quote, decriminalization is not a solution to marijuana criminalization, Padini said. It does nothing to impact the des- disparate enforcement of marijuana laws. The Commonwealth must move swiftly to legalize and regulate the responsible adult use of cannabis and begin undoing the harms of prohibition. Governor Ralph Northam, Democrat, campaigned on decriminalization, and he included the policy change proposal in his annual State of the Commonwealth speech earlier this month, stating that the state needs to, quote, take an honest look at our criminal justice system to make sure we aren't treating, make sure we are treating people fairly and 
and are using taxpayer dollars wisely, end quote. Herring, who is what running for governor in 2021 to replace the term-limited Northam. Again, for those, for, for my listeners out in New England and my listeners outside Virginia, Virginia, you only, you only get one four-year term, and that's it. So um, Northam was elected, I think, in 2017, and um, that's all he gets. So the so A.G. Herring is 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 next in line on the Democrat side, it seems. So yeah, just 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 wanted to throw that out there before continuing. Herring, who's running for governor in 2021 to replace term limited Northam, is in favor of enacting decriminalization as a step on the path towards eventual legalization. But this eventual, like this eventual full legalization, when is this eventual going to happen? Is that going to happen after Herring? If Herring wins in 2021? Is that going to be enacted after he's sworn in? Is that going to be enacted like year three? Um, are they going to do a grow and possess model and then sales? Is this just bluffing to get him to get Democrats to vote for the guy? I don't know. But this eventual language, I mean, you are if you're if you're in Virginia, you are going to have to hold him to this because this is this looks like a weasel word. If I'm to be honest, eventual legalization. When when is this eventual? Is this year three of Herring's governorship? Is this year four on the last month like what 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 does eventual mean you're gonna have to kind of define that before I, I i get confident about virginia's chances of legalization he organized a summit last month where lawmakers heard from officials in legal cannabis states about regulatory changes and opportunities prior to the event a virginia lawmaker filed a legalization bill having said his summit would provide the governor the resources he needs to embrace comprehensive reform End of article. So again, the call, the the phone number to call in is 617-819-5074. Again, that's 617-819-5074. Keep repeating it. Maybe you'll have it memorized. Who knows? But um, we are doing a call-in show. You can call in. I think I'm going to cover one more story before wrapping it up. I don't know which will. I don't know which one will be. All right, I think I'll cover these two, and then we'll I'll wrap it up do final call all right so this is in arkansas business from the site business insurance written by luis Asola. denial of workers denial of workers comp or denial of comp based on drug tests affirm a woman whose finger was severed while working for a large scale sewing contractor is not eligible for workers compensation because a drug test in the emergency room proved she had marijuana in her system and she failed to prove her illegal drug use was unrelated to an accident she claimed was caused by her not being trained properly on the machinery. A, an appeals court in Arkansas ruled Wednesday. The employee had been working at Mountain Home, Arkansas, an Arkansas-based American Stitcho Inc. For, four, for five days in December 25th, 2016, when she severed her finger while operating an industrial fabric cutting machine, she testified that she only used for several hours a piece of machinery she claimed did not have color-coded buttons for safety. Attempting to re re retrieve fabric that had been stuck, she hit a button that believed to be the off button and reached up under the a machine guard in the process of pulling the material free a blade came down and severed her finger according to her according to documents in blair versus american stitchco filed in the court of appeals in arkansas division three in little rock under her 
treatment in the emergency room, the worker tested positive for marijuana, which is legal for medical purposes in Arkansas, but not recreationally. She admitted to having smoked marijuana sporadically for more than 30 years, mostly on weekends, and that she had done so about four days prior to the incident. Within a month, her employer fired her, stating that there was no work for her and denied her claim on the basis on, of the state rebuttal bottle defense of comp claims based on positive drug tests. An administrative... See, this is why we need federal legalization, because states can just be like, oh, well, we're a law and order Bible belt state, and um, cannabis will bring in too many jazz, too much jazz and too much minorities, and it's going to ru ruin the southern good old boy's way of life. Um, beer and whiskey are preferable in our... In, in, in our in our in our um in our culture so because we have a cultural bias towards cannabis we're gonna ban it we're gonna codify those into the laws but we're not going to we're not gonna make it easy for you to make it legal that's one and um state and local governments will 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 do gerrymandering so we can't so you can't put the kind of officials that represent the people will put that in place um you know, we'll just we'll reject ballot measures based on technicalities. We'll do all sorts of slick tricks. States left to their own devices are going to are going to F over the people that live in that state. You know, that's the problem in the U.S. being 50, 50 different states with 50 different cultures. You know, um, people can use culture and religion to justify bigotry. We've used culture and religion to justify slavery. And when we had the Civil War, states right when when we had the Civil War and we fought the Civil War, the fought for the Civil War was about slavery but you'll still have wackos to this day saying it's about states rights states rights to tyranny to enslave people states rights tyranny to lock people up in a cage for cannabis states rights tyranny to ban abortion this is why I don't agree with the whole civil libertarian. Oh, we got to respect the sarcastic state's rights. This is this is the problem. It can get weaponized. It's getting weaponized right now in Arkansas. An administrative judge in 2018 ordered that the claim comp, comp, that the claim comp, compensable finding worker to be a credible witness and did not find a direct casual link between the ingestion of marijuana and her injury, and that she successfully rebutted the statutory preemption created by a positive drug scene and proved that she sustained an injury to her left index finger arising out of and in the course of her employment. The Arkansas Workers' Compensation in 2019 were reversed, stating that she did not prove that there was no link between her drug use and the accident, among other findings that questioned the workers' credibility. In affirming this earlier ruling, the appeals court stated that once the evidence has admitted to indicating that illegal drugs were in her system at the time of the accident, the burden of proof shifted to the worker, requiring her to approve by preponderance of the evidence that sh that the accident was not substantially occasioned by illegal drugs in quote which she failed to do the three judges unanimously ruled also stating a lack of credibility in her testimony 
quote, the record before us contains no specific or medical expert testimony offered by the worker to explain if or how the level of marijuana metabolites in her system might have affected her judgment and actions with respect to the accidental injury, the ruling states. The worker in her testimony admitted that it was not best use of her judgment in putting her hand in the machine, subjecting her finger to what the ruling described as guillotine. She also offered no corroborating evidence to support her testimony that she was not properly trained with regard to use of the machines at work, the ruling says. End of article. There you got it. Tyranny in in Arkansas rights to the ability to tyranny. So it's the kind of tyranny they're defending. You know, again, states' rights was used to justify slavery. Uh, Like, that's what a lot of civil, civil libertarians and libertarians don't seem to fucking get through their fucking thick skulls. It was used and states' rights was used to justify slavery. Let me say that again. States' rights was used to justify slavery. Okay, so the final article. Um, again, we ha- we are a call-in show. You can call in if you'd like. Um, our phone number is six one seven. 819-5074. Again, that's 617-819-5074. All right. So we're going to continue here. Homewood Medical or Homewood Dispensary Marijuana Dispensary. Let me read that again. Let's try that again. Homewood Marijuana Dispensary is popular with Indiana customers who say they aren't worried about the return trip home. Use ways. Don't break more than one law at a time. Don't speed. And again, um, followings for the following information we provide is for informational purposes, and we don't condone breaking any laws or regulations in your state and municipality. So we got to put that out there before we, we go on. The Northwest Indiana residents traveled less than 10 miles into Illinois to legally pick up some marijuana. But the return trip becomes a little different when the new purchase becomes illegal after crossing the state line. On Martin Luther King Day, none of the Hoosiers seem concerned concern though citing a variety of reasons from secure packaging to putting the product in the trunk of their cars as long as it's not open it shouldn't be a problem janita said janita of gary the people interviewed for the story did not want their last names used i don't blame them dan scotland is a pen name man i mean i don't i don't i don't use my uh real full name because of the stigma and i don't if interviewed i do the same On January, the parking lot outside the one-story business center was mostly full by 10 a.m. when Windy City Cannabis opened for business in Homewood, Illinois. Before it opened, there were at least eight vehicles with Indiana license plates parked outside. Windy City Cannabis declined to comment, specifically about questions how many Indiana residents have visited, but... A worker at the dispensary stated that based on the IDs he's seen, it seems that more than half the customers are from Indiana. A few Indiana residents in line January 20th said that that they visited the dispensary on January 1st when recreational sales were officially legal in Illinois. It seemed like half the crowd was from Indiana. Jason was visiting Homewood Dispensary for the third time to visit to purchase vape cartridges. On the first day, Jason said, it looked like more than half the cars in the parking lot had Indiana plates. Jason said those who purchased from the Homewood Dispensary shared his settled, his sentiment about 
their purchase becoming illegal once they cross back into Indiana. It hasn't bothered me in the last 20 years. It won't bother me now. While Indiana residents seem to be taking advantage of Illinois' legalizing recreational marijuana, they are only allowed to purchase half the amount of cannabis products that Illinois' residents are allowed to buy. Non-Illinois' residents can purchase 15 grams or half an ounce of plant material, edibles, with no more than 250 milligrams of tetrahydrocannabidiol and no more than 2.5 grams of concentrate product like wax or vape, according to Windy City Cannabis website. During these, despite these purchasing rules, Indiana residents said that they prefer going to a dispensary as opposed to purchasing marijuana legally because there's a large variety in selection. You know exactly what you're getting, Jason said. As people waited outside, it became easy to spot repeat customers. They were holding their driver's licenses. Before entering the facility, everyone had to show a security guard their license. When the dispensary opened, a security officer let the first five people inside. That's the rule. Only five people inside at a time. Soon after, the security guard handed the first person in line a piece of paper, an a la carte st style list of products for sale. The people waiting looked over the list and then passed it back quietly to the person behind them, like a note during class. It's like this in the medical dispensaries too. John Jonta, who visited the Homewood dispensary for the first time, said there said he was there to see what they had. He was specifically looking for cereal milk and Gary Payton strains of marijuana. Oh man, I'd like to try that. <laughs> If I ever go to Illinois, I want to try that stuff, dude. I wonder. I wonder if they have like a Jordan strain. Like, um, Jordan was my guy. I mean, I like I like I like I've mentioned in other um episodes and other iterations of this podcast. I grew up watching the tail end of Michael Jordan's career. Um, I didn't grow up watching um Kobe as much. Um, rest in power, Kobe. Rest in power, Black Mamba. Black Mamba forever. Um, Jordan was more my guy. I, he he was more of my icon. You know. Um, if I'm ever in illinois and they have a michael jordan strain i'm 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 i'm, I'm buying an ounce of that i i really i really don't give a hoot how much that costs and i grew up watching his games i grew up trying to play basketball at six seven eight years old at the boys club like i would i would shoot baskets baskets by myself initially and like i wasn't good i was terrible at basketball like i would like i would just like like i would just be dribbling the ball around and maybe two or one no maybe two out of the 10 shots i would make would get in and i did intramural for boys club during that time and i was terrible at it i was terrible i don't i think maybe i got maybe one assist during my intramural like basketball days of the boys club but jordan was like was the guy that inspired me i mean he really did i mean but um anyway let's i'm, I'm digressing um a few other step out of line too, stating that they would visit three other Windy City dispensaries to see if products that they want are available there. Micah St. John said he was coming to purchase edibles because marijuana has helped with his knee pain following surgeries. With marijuana being legal and so close, you just have no choice, Mike said. Mike, who visited the dispensary for the first time, said he was only kind of concerned about driving back to Indiana, but he put the sealed product in his trunk before leaving. Tony of Dyer said he was visiting the Homewood dispensary on the first day and about a week later. He recently addressed the Lake County Council to thank the council for considering an ordination 
an ordinance violation that would, with an officer's discretion, make possession of less than 30 grams of marijuana a typical offense. The council is still reviewing the ordinance, though the proposed 30 grams would cover 15 would cover the 15 grams Indiana residents can legally buy in Illinois. Tony says he uses cannabis products because he didn't want to continue taking opioids following three spine surgeries. Plus, cannabis gave or gives him instant release from pain, he said. If I can get away without taking pills because I don't like to, that's good stuff, Tony said. Tony said he's not worried about driving back home with marijuana products because it's not the first time he's ever had weed in his car. Tony said he likes going to the dispensary because he knows what he's getting and the edibles are already made. Inside a dispensary, Tony said the workers took his ID, asked him what product he wanted, told him to sit in a waiting area, and took him to the back room for his product. We'll be taking the next five. Please have your IDs out, a security guard called, as more people could enter the dispensary. The wait averaged about 30 minutes, a fact that those in line frequently announced to people after driving by asking, how long have you been waiting? Question mark. At about 1.30 p.m., a man got in line behind 10 people and seemed frustrated that the, line, that the wait was so long. A security guard asked the man if he had a medical marijuana card and stated that he did. The security guard called him to the front of the line, checked his card, and led him into the dispensary. I don't want to get beat up by stoners, the man jokingly said as he entered. Yeah, I had these same fears when my state was going adult use and the recreational dispensaries were opening. Um, some of them were joint recreational medical. I worried about that. I worried about, because I, I, I have or had my medical card in Massachusetts, you know, like, what am I going to do when in these dual located locations? And as a person of color, it's, it's especially intimidating for me. They see this black kid. No, they see this. I'm not, I'm no kid. I'm 30 years old. They see this black man and you know how, you know how racist things. They, they think I'm a, they'll just be, oh, this big black guy's cutting the line and cut, like, you know, I don't want a scene. So I was worried about that. And I didn't visit the um, co-located dispensary near me, partly because of that i'm gonna link the article where i, I talked about my concerns about co-located dispensaries but yeah i mean i i had those same concerns and I, I i avoided one of my nearest dispensaries because of that i didn't want like even though i have my medical card there's like the lines with recreation or are, are still pretty big even where i live so i didn't want want to face that same bs that this guy was was afraid of facing you know, again, I didn't want to get beat up by stoners either. So, I mean, I've been in that situation. Recreational use. Okay, so. All right. I mean, let's let's finish or let's continue. Medical marijuana card holders are allowed immediate access to the dispensary and they are taxed two. They shouldn't be taxed at all, but they are taxed 2.25% for their products, according to Windy City Cannabis website. Recreational users are taxed anywhere between 10 to 28.75% for their products, according to the website. All products have to be purchased in cash, he said. Joshua Hammond said he spent $200 for vape products, but said he didn't mind because Illinois legalizing marijuana seems to have impacted street sales. My guy, ever since Illinois became legal for recreational, his weed got terrible, Joshua said. As the dispense as as a dispensary that sells both medical and recreational marijuana, businesses will be climbing over the next few months. Wendy City C CEO Steve Weissman 
recently told the Chicago Tribune. There's a lot of pent-up demand for people who have waited to purchase cannabis but haven't been able to until now, Weissman said. I don't think it will level off anytime soon. Chad of St. John, a third-time visitor, said he waited in line seven hours on the first day of recreational marijuana sales were legal, but that it was too bad because people were handing out hot dogs and coffee. But it wasn't too bad because they were handing out hot dogs and coffee. Um, quick story. So, you know, you guys know I'm a medical patient in Grass, Massachusetts. Um, during 420, I want to say last year or the year before, um, my look, my medical dispensary that I trekked to, they were they were giving out free Dunkin' Donuts and potato chips and coffee to those who of us who waited in line. It was like a hour and a half line, but it passed by pretty quick. I, you know, I was talking a little bit with the people in line and stuff, and wasn't that bad. And I mean, I had I had my battery pack with my phone, so I mean, I could I was able to like read articles and do stuff, but. Um, it wasn't wasn't that bad, but yeah, more more places need to have porter potties. They need to hand out things, sort of do crowd control. I've I've I've, I've worked events. I've worked odd jobs where I've had to do crowd control. That's again, that's a smart idea. Chad said he came to buy cartridges for recreational use and cannabidiol products for his father to take for his arthritis. When asked if he was worried about bringing the products back to Indiana, Chad responded quickly with hell no. We don't open it until we get home, Chad said. Even though spirits were high among those in line January 20th, the real concern seemed to be supply. By 10.30 a.m. or a half hour after opening, a security guard announced that only vape and wax products were available for recreational sale. By 2.30 p.m., only nine vape pens were available for recreational sale. The Indiana residents of Indiana should legalize marijuana, although they know that the Indiana legislature won't do this. Again, states' rights tyranny, states rights tyranny in action. So when people are like, ah, oh, states' rights, states' rights, states' rights to be a tyrant is what this allows. Again, um, let's let's finish the last line or so. The Indiana residents all agree that Indiana should legalize marijuana, although they know the Indiana legislature won't do that. Until then, they seem to have a plan. Luckily, I live close enough to Illinois that I'll just drive over the border. I don't care, Tony said. Okay, and this is a problem before um before wrapping up this call-in show again. Um we're still taking calls. Um phone number is 617-819-5074. 617-819-5074. But um Again, um, this is the problem with the way we currently have things. I would bet all my money that most of these people in, in the line are just going to do their cannabis in private. They're not going to tell coworkers. They're not going to tell friends. They're not going to tell their neighbors. They're not going to... They're not going to try to make the climate better in Indiana. It's more of a, I live close enough to the, to the border. Although Indiana's laws suck and I want adult use in Indiana, I'm not going to fight for it. Um, a, I work a job that drug tests or B, I don't necessarily work a job that drug tests, but if my employer finds out that I, that I, I went to a recreational stop, I can be fired. So I'm not going to write to my, or they find out I'm pro cannabis and I write to my lawmakers, um, and, and my and 
it, it leaks out that I'm pro-cannabis writing to my lawmakers or calling them in private, then the, the, the world will end. It's like dividing by zero. Most of these people are not going to do a damn thing in Indiana, sadly, I feel. I feel like they're just going to, they might either vote for the same politicians, they might weakly support um, politicians that want it, but they're not going to actually advocate and, and call for their governor or their state legislature lawmakers to be booted out. They're not going to, they're not going to do anything that's specifically active to make this better. So again, this is, this is this got mine F you mentality that we, that's too rampant in the United States. I don't believe, I don't believe any of these folks are going to do, are going to do anything to make Indiana laws better. They're not going to really spend political capital or put their necks on the line to do this. And that's why podcasts like ours exist for the, I mean, because we know most people are not going to do this and most people are not going to speak up so we have to fill that void and we have to step up and we have to take action in in favor of our sisters and brothers that just won't but um but yeah um again this is last call right now um the the lines are still open we're approaching we're at 49 minutes right now lines are still open but they are going to close momentarily again phone number 617-819-5074 um again last call going going and gone all right so if you like this podcast and you like what i am doing and you find yourself coming around often to it you can become a patreon at the link above um you can support us on paypal at paypal.me slash ic sativa podcast you can follow me on twitter at ic sativa pod and you can join our discord server at https colon slash slash discord dot gg slash six five t g two n r that's how you join our ever-expanding Discord. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. And you can find us on all these various platforms like TuneIn, like Stitcher, like Spotify, like Radio Public, like Podbean, like Podcast Addict, like TuneIn, um, CastBox, um, iTunes, Google Play Store. We're all we're on all those platforms and anywhere you find podcasts. So as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Canvas Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 and above tier if you are feeling extra generous. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message on Anchor and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 
9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever-expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash six five t g two n r again that is h t t p s colon slash slash discord dot g g slash six five t g two n r feel free to check out sequoia organics for a great source of cbd and hemp based products you can check them out by the link https colon slash bit dot ly slash three three f k r v nine and you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts such as dog treat 20 tincture 20 40 percent sign off iso 15 percent sign off cbd and that applies to the entire store and if you're in northeast new england and you're in eastern massachusetts especially or or um, southern new hampshire or southern maine then you can get some great and inexpensive cbd flower delivered directly to your door very quickly and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash shop dot dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland and as always everyone stay medicated my friends peace out and ciao